I have been sort of immersed this week in studying about pastoral identity and the call. I've been doing a bit of discerning for myself. Uh, Yesterday in our Community of Hope group I led the lesson on the topic of pastoral identity and I've been working on this sermon. It's been a thought-provoking week. Two of the scripture readings for today deal with the concept of a call to ministry. Samuel is called by God directly to serve in a prophetic role, including delivering the harsh news to Samuel's mentor, Eli, that his time and influence is coming to an unpleasant end. In John's Gospel, we see the direct calling of Philip by Jesus and then Philip's recruitment of his friend Nathaniel, who is quickly validated by Jesus. And these prophets and apostles were probably the closest thing that we have in our own understanding to ordained clergy, specifically priests, if you will. We think of priests and other ordained clergy in general as shepherds of congregations, responsible for the spiritual and sacramental lives of their flock. If you've been through the Education for Ministry program, or EFM, you might be familiar with William Countryman's book, Living on the Border of the Holy, Renewing the Priesthood of All. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to do so. In addition to speaking of ordained ministry, Countryman writes of another more important idea, the fundamental priesthood of all believers. He writes, every human being is called to exercise the fundamental priesthood in particular ways, at particular moments and places, with particular people. This fundamental priesthood becomes our vocation when it calls us away from whatever we are doing at the moment and towards some new and maybe even uncertain priestly ministry. We may be called to where we are and to what we are already doing, but we may in fact be where we are, doing what we are, because of that vocation which acted on us before we were conscious of it as a calling from the holy, before we had words or images to embody such a thought. So how might God's call come to us? Countryman speaks of four possibilities. As in my own case, it comes in the form of a longing a sense of being drawn to a certain place or a certain work, an internal conviction that I belong in this place doing this task. For others, it might come in the form of our gifts, gifts that delight us and lead us in a certain direction, that make us useful useful to others and shape our lives in the communities in which we live. Hospitality, service, volunteering. Sometimes the call comes through the voice of other people when they tell us, 
You have these gifts. And we have this need. Please help us. We may hear the voice of the holy in their voices. And occasionally, God may speak to us quite directly, though this is the rarest of the ways in which we come to know that vocation. But this vocation of ministry, whether ordained or fundamental, is not done in isolation. A priest can stand up here all day long, consecrating bread and wine until the cows come home. But if there's no one to share it, what is it worth? If you look back at the readings for today, Samuel needed Eli, the elder one whose place he was taking, to realize that what Samuel was hearing was in fact the voice of God calling him. It was Eli who perceived that God was indeed calling Samuel and then Eli instructed Samuel that he should respond to God's call. In the Gospel reading, Nathanael was perfectly content to sit under that fig tree studying and praying until Philip came and said, Come and see this man about whom Moses and the prophets wrote. Philip thought enough of Nathanael to want to share this miraculous news. And Nathanael trusted Philip enough to go along, even in his skepticism about Jesus' hometown. Think of those people who have been priests to you, who have helped you when you were down, cheered you when you were up, just been present when you needed it. I imagine some of those people are right here in this room right now because the fundamental priesthood exists and thrives only in community. And as a community, to what are we called? To a smug sense of self-righteousness? Well, we're so open-minded and welcoming here, not at all like those people and then laugh about it? To what are we called? To turning a deaf ear to racist or divisive comments from anyone, including those in political power? Well, those people are lazy or addicted or violent or poor or losers. They don't really deserve any more help. To what are we called? To stay here safe in our little blue cocoon and feel good about ourselves? No. Never. What makes the fundamental priesthood real for all of us is that it is rooted in our baptismal vows renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God, to seek and serve Christ in all persons, to strive for justice and peace among all people, to respect the dignity of every human being. We are called to be better than that. And I hope you notice that there are no qualifiers in any of those statements. 
and that every single one of those verbs is an action verb. As fundamental priests, we are called to be some of those better angels descending with Jesus into whatever hole we need to go to help those in suffering and despair in any way we can. Amen.